It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Cult Connections. Let's see what we are taking a sideways look at today. Hi, I'm your host, Ian. I'm joined by um, my good friend, Graham, there today. How are you, mate? I'm well. I'm good. It's nice to be uh, on a podcast and not chat about football for once, because <laughs> like, I love films, and I feel like nobody really knows that, um, which is a bit annoying. So it's nice to kind of... Uh, chat about movies, chat about obviously things that I like, but I'm sure you'll you'll introduce the, the podcast of sorts. Um so I won't give away the game if anyone if you haven't yet. And um, if you have obviously people know what we're gonna be chatting about. But yes I'm good mate. Are you all right? Yeah I'm yeah I'm absolutely fine mate. I love I love that. Yes let's let's just talk about films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's just do it. Let's just chat movies because I've got about the best part of two thousand, three thousand Blu-rays, DVDs, some videos somewhere, because I, I think we both lived in that era, didn't we? Do you remember VHS? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you remember having to rewind it back before you took it to Blockbuster? Well, I remember, well, God, oh, now, I mean, you're going, I mean, Too far I, back. I, I actually spoke about this on on, on another podcast, but um, I was thinking about, about the film that I'd rented the most on um, the VHS, and um, they're surprise, surprise, it's it's Flash Day Gordon, but um, uh, this is the days, so but 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 this is back in the days of um, the the video shop was was you know a family run sort of business, you yeah, know, no before Blockbuster, like that. Just uh, what was the other place? There was block, there was two big, like massive ones that came out. There was Blockbuster and there was another one. What was the other one? Hmm. If anyone remembers, can they write in? Because it's going to do my head in until you release this. Um, I, I could just Google it. But <laughs> well, I think I, I'll, I'll let you carry on. <laughs> well, I can only really think of of um, the blockbuster, but that might be a Scottish thing. Who knows? I'm sure there's another one. I could be completely wrong, but I used to love going to Blockbuster. Like, cause I, 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 there was a few. You could go to like the the shop, and you could rent. Some shops had like a rental system next to yeah. the groceries, yeah. which is like, <laughs> but it was, it was definitely blockbusters when I was a kid. And I used to love just going in and getting stuff, but I was always banned from going around the, I'm totally going off on a tangent here, but I used to be banned from going around the, uh, like the 18 plus section. <laughs> Cause you had like the horror movies and stuff. Yeah. Also had, yeah. but you also had the dirty movies. So I don't think you next <laughs> to them. Um, but then I'd go home and, and my uncle was, 
see, my love of films comes from from my uncle. My uncle was agoraphobic, so mm-hmm. the only thing that could get him out of the house was going to like the video shop, and he'd buy a video for him to watch himself during his dinner. So he'd get fish, a fishy, which is ironic since I've just had one. Um, and then he'd buy like a family one to watch with me and my nana because he still lived with my nana because he he was he got agoraphobia at like sixteen, so he couldn't really get out of the house. Um, but he used to like he, he used to stop me from going in the over eight the eighteen plus section <clears throat> or whatever it was at the the triple X because oh no horror movies and, and dirty movies you can't go in there you're only like six or seven. But then he'd sit down and eat like fish and chips and put like Hellraiser on and like uh, <laughs> like Cannibal Holocaust and stuff like that and he'd be like oh look at that oh they got him right in the neck and I'd be like and then people are like why why did why do you really like movies like Neck Romantic and that it's a bit weird that you like films like that I'm like well. I seen Hellraiser when I was six, and it kind of just that was it. Yeah, I've never been squeamish. Um, so yeah, that that's where my love of movies came from. If anyone's if anyone's dead dead curious as to why I love movies so much, there you go. <laughs> so today, um, we we we've spoken about the films we were going to this sort of cover for quite a while, you know, before we yeah. finally actually nailed it down. But um, we're very much in. Um, the world of um, the zombie films, and I was really thinking about a, um, a good sort of theme for the for 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 the pod. However, um, I think we'll have to just ask one sort of question first. First of all, so um, and actually, if you're sat at home right now um, and the zombie this sort of apocalypse is happening outside. Um, you know what's what's your weapon? You know what's your weapon of uh, choice? Well, I learned my lesson with this because um, I've lived in some funny households, as you're probably going to click onto here. But my first house that I ever lived in with with mates, like a flat chair, I used to live with a lad called Dean, who I was in a band with, who I still speak to, um, and Steve, who was kind of like Dean's mate, um, and they were both massive gamers. Uh, they loved games and. I'm kind of only a football manager and, and FIFA kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So when it came to like playing games, I, I kind of got more into stuff like Left 4 Dead and Resident Evil living with them. And I quickly kind of figured it wasn't so much the games that they loved. I think it was the the fantasy element of, of like zombies and stuff. So I got like heavy into zombies when I was like 21 till I was at like, well, I'm 35 this year. So probably until about now. Um, I bought loads of books on it because like my thing was books so the first one I got recommended was World War Z before it was a film mm-hmm. and then the zombie survival guide and it, it got in where we got so obsessed with like movies and stuff like that and zombies and, and the books and the games that we used to have like monthly meetings just just for a laugh but it kind of got weirdly serious where we chat <laughs> about what would happen like if a zombie apocalypse happened um, and we'd literally sit down and take notes honest to god um, we used to do that we used to have zombie survival meetings and it was great um, and I quickly was like, well, I was like, well, you, you run a machine gun because you get rid of loads of them as soon as you get mm-hmm. your aim. And they were like, absolutely not. Like, read through your survival guide and you would see that when you run out of bullets, you're knackered. So my my weapon, it would have to be a sturdy one because obviously a head is not the easiest thing to smash, I think. I mean, I don't know. It might be. I've never done it. Um, but I think a baseball bat, I think a sturdy, a melee weapon of sorts, but it would have to be a sturdy one because... You can hammer through the best part of what 
at least 10 heads, I reckon, with a baseball bat, like just by <laughs> swinging it about at least. Yeah. If, the, if, if the mythology of zomb- zombies is, is correct, if we're going by the very myth of the first person who made a zombie um, and what is meant to happen to the brain and all that kind of stuff, then they cannot walk very far. They cannot do anything very fast. So you, know, you can, there's a lot of them, but with a melee weapon, you can kind of batter about. With a machine gun, eventually they're going to catch up here because they don't sleep because apparently the brains don't need sleep. Okay. Um, so the, the long answer to your very short question is I just batter the head in with something, a melee weapon of sorts. Left for Dead taught me that. Yeah, a, a melee weapon, yeah. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a cop out in a melee weapon. I should have been a bit more specific. So I'll no, say baseball bat. Fair. No, no, no. I think that's yeah. I think that's fine. I think a long, long, sturdy sort of stick with something heavy on the end of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounded, sounded slightly wrong, that Ian. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the skulls. You know, you need to be yeah, just yeah, yeah. Got to be something heavy. Um. That actually leads on really well to the theme, as it were. Um, so we talked about a lot of films, and we finally uh, got down to the three of them. Um, and I'm really thinking, what we're talking about is um, zombie films of an international flavour. Um, so, because when I think of zomb- zombie films or or the evolution of of that that sort of genre and my favorite favorite films very much so they're all fairly they're sort of American ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like well, it's Romero sort of started that whole thing. Didn't I mean you've got the you've got the left to center ones like that other oh, zombie movie like Reanimator and stuff like that, but they're all so American. And mm-hmm. um, I mean Reanimator is brilliant. I'm not talking that down. I love Reanimator. Um, but I think looking at like movies, uh, yeah, Romero kind of had, he, he had that audience, didn't he? He was Night of the Living Dead onwards, Dawn of the Dead. And, and naturally, I think he kind of kept a similar flavor with a bit of a twist in it. Always oh, brilliant. But um, mm. the films we're going to talk about, I think today, I'm a little bit, I agree with you to have the, the kind of set in a certain place, which gives it a little bit of extra flavor, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's uh, it certainly shows that uh, good good day zombie films can be made anywhere, um, mm-hmm. but we're not actually going anywhere at all for the first one because we're staying in the UK and we're very much like very much like life. Then it's like a metaphor <laughs> for like real life at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, um, and we're talking about Shaun of the Dead. So classic. Yeah. Um, so, so Sean of the Dead, uh, whose day I have not written next to to the title of the film. Um, I'm thinking 2004. I'm sure that's. Right. I think it was. Yeah, 2003, 2004, at the very least. Yeah. So early 2000s movie because it feels like a modern classic, but it's it's actually probably about 20 odd year old now. Which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I seen Simon Pegg on the telly the other day, and he actually looks better than he did then. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> must be because he was in Star Trek. That must have helped. Money, money helps you look look well. I think. Oh well, good. Yeah, I'm sure that you know Hollywood Dave and and this yeah. helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, the old vitamin tablets you get in LA. Yeah. <laughs> um. So 
so Sean of the Dead follows um, Sean of of uh, the title and his his flatmate um, as the zombie apocalypse starts all around them, um, and just to sum it up, without really going into too much, this sort sort of detail, Sean Sean basically there decides. Who, who he needs to save and and where he's going to go. So Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, yeah, and this is a film, I think it's um, it was marketed really well at the time and we all know about the Romzom, you know, com, which is what yeah. it, uh, you know, says it is. Um, but I mean, this is basically just a very fun, well-made movie, isn't it? Yeah, sort of cool, well-made film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it sometimes gets like shut down. No, well, not shut down. I think everyone loves it, but sometimes people see it as like, it's dead funny, but it's actually really well laid. It's got a lot of really good layers in it, like yeah, emotional cool. layers to it and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like about Shaun of the Dead is, if I'm not jumping too far ahead, mm-hmm. um, it's just the fact that it, it feels like Shaun of the Dead would be what would actually happen in the UK <laughs> if a zombie apocalypse happened. Like, you'd just be a bit like, oh, can I really be arsed with this? Like, can I really be bothered yeah. to deal with this stuff? And and the people that you don't really like, you'd probably let go by the wayside and be like, whoops, oh no, that's a shame. Um, but you'd always look after your best mate and obviously uh, there would be priority, I think. Yeah. Fun- yeah, actually, that's a good point because generally zombie films sort of prior to this one or, or a lot of them, um, they're the characters often... You know, don't really know each other or have quite loose, you know, the yeah. sort of connections. Um, so Up yeah, I think, that point absolutely. Yeah, I've never yeah. thought about that. Actually, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, but but we'll you know we'll get on the, there to that. There, where where would you first uh, you know watch that? Shaun of the Dead. God, how old would I have been in two thousand and three? Um, so I would have been. Uh, 17, 18, something uh-huh. like that. I feel like I came to it late because I'm not going to lie. I remember specifically at the age of 16, 17, going to see Mean Girls at the cinema and um, going on just a whole phase of just loving teen movies for about, <laughs> about 20, 21, um, and then got back into zombie movies. So I, I feel... And I could be completely wrong with this, but the, the people I spoke about before, Dean and Steve, who I lived with, I get the feeling that it was like one of those movies that they just consistently watched and it was always on. Right. Which it kind of is. It's always on ITV2. It's obviously on Netflix and stuff now. And it's one of those movies you can stick on. And they were kind of like that. And I kind of went, oh, is that that guy from Spaced? And they're like, oh, do you like Spaced? I'm like, yeah, I like Spaced. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And they're like, yeah, what's Sean of the I was like, oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Because as you said before, it was well marketed. You couldn't kind of miss it. Yeah. But I wasn't like, as much as I'd seen loads of like horror movies as like, I mean, a literal kid, like six and seven, literally as a kid, I'd seen like Pet Sam and all that kind of stuff by the time I was in double figures, basically. Um, zombie movies weren't some of that I really came across. And it was, it was probably Dean and Steve that got me into it. And I'm pretty certain... I could be wrong here. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain I would have first seen it in my flat in Heaton when I was about 22, I think. 
Um, and I think I was kind of like, oh, I'll half watch this and just chat with the lads before I go shopping or go for a pint or just do whatever I did when I was 21, 22, which feels like nothing in hindsight. Um, but I am pretty certain I ended up just watching it and then got invested in the characters, mm-hmm. which is kind of what sometimes happens with zombie movies. But it's funny with what you're saying, because I've, I've seen Night of the Living Dead a million and one times. And obviously that's, I don't think it is the original one because people say White Zombie, don't they, by Bella Lugosi is the, I think mm. the original. But I think it's a bit of a different, I think it's yeah. different in my opinion. Um, the first zombie movie of like what we think zombies are nowadays was Night of the Living Dead. And obviously they're coming for you, Barbara, and all that kind of stuff. And gradually in most zombie movies, the families get split apart where it's kind of, as you said before, you sort of hit the nail on the head. It's easy to invest in Shaun of the Dead because he's a really likable character. That's a bit, he's a bit of a doyle but he's also like a lovable yeah. Doyle at the same time. Um, and and I, I think I, I think Nick Frost is brilliant. Um, I just think he's absolutely superb. I think he's hilarious. Um, and I think it even gives you, like, if you like space, especially, like a lot of these movies do, the Cornetto situations just, at the end, there's just such a good nod at the time. Obviously, they did hot fuzz and they kept on, but when he's at the end and he's a zombie and he's like, kind of get you, like, the Cornetto things, like, flying on the ground and it just yeah. it felt I don't know it instantly felt real in a way uh which is kind of odd because you look at like popular tv series um the walking dead that's easy to buy into because you buy into the characters but it's all very serious it's all very like the first season like people are like cheating on um someone who they thought they were dead and all this kind of stuff and the baby's got a chance of getting attacked and the kid loses an eye and there's like little armies everywhere Shaun of the Dead kind of just eradicates that and they literally just go go to the pub and wait for it all to blow over, which is just how it would happen here. That's just yeah. how it would happen. Like, we're going through a pandemic and all people want to do is go to the Blooming Pub, um, which I think Shaun of the Dead nailed about 20 years ago. So it's it's quite easy to see how when you first see it, you can get really bought into it. But again, to, to the short answer to your, the long answer to your very short question was, I think I've seen it with my housemates. So it wouldn't have been at the cinema, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. No, I sort no, I I they sort of didn't. I do remember it would it would have been uh, uh, on on sort of DVD on first first sort of release. It would have been anyway. Yeah, you know that would have been one I was you know. I know yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll watch it that. It wasn't an instant classic, was it? I can't remember it being like an instant classic where everyone just went, "Oh my god, you got to go to the cinema and see it." I mean, I don't know whether I could have done because when it came out, oh no, I could have done. I was. 17, so I probably sort of passed, but um, as long as my uncle obviously wasn't stopping me from going in like he was when I was six or seven, ended up <laughs> 18 plus. I think it might only be 15 actually, so I might be talking rubbish, but it I, I could be totally wrong with this, and there's probably someone going to discuss this and be like, Graham, you're completely off the mark. But to memory, it wasn't an instant classic, it was like a slow burner. I got on TV and that, and people were like, What's this? which kind of shows you how good it was that, like, I found it just by watching it out the corner of my eye and getting fully invested into it. You are probably, I'm guessing, a similar story. Did yeah. you find it in the same way? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was a film I knew of, um, you know, so, you know, but, yeah, you know, definitely rented it out of, well, you know, Blockbuster, it would have been just down the road. And, um, uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, like you say, I mean, I would have watched, this would have been a film I would have watched initially on my own, and then... Mm. Um, I would have watched it with with my wife, 
you know, um, by me saying, you know, this is actually really good. You will like this one. Um, but yeah, it's interesting about about the 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 sort of impact of the film because um, I almost think this this makes zombies, you know, very sort of they're cool and opens up the whole you know genre for uh, you know lots of other sort of films. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, definitely does that. Um, I think with um, with Shaun of the Dead as well, though, you touched it before. You mentioned obviously Shaun, uh, your wife. That I've done that with Ashley. Uh huh. And it's like if someone says they haven't seen it, you kind of go, "What? Hang on a minute!" Like you, you need to watch it. It's like one of those things where you almost force someone into watching it if they haven't seen it. Because um, I think it's one of those films where you know you can watch again and again, and it's still funny. It's still funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I like um, Simon Pegg and I like everything that he's done since. Like, I even like The World's End, which I know was hit or miss for some people. I thought that was good as well. Hot Fuzz is obviously hilarious, but nothing quite hit like Shaun of the Dead did. And I think that's because they got the emotional aspect of what a zombie apocalypse would be like for real people. You touched on the American stuff before. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, like, shit on amazing zombie movies because there's so many of them, but <laughs> you can't exactly relate to Reanimator because you're not, like, a scientist. Most people are not a scientist. Most people yeah. aren't going to try and reanimate cats in the in the basement, and if they do, then you need help because um, mm-hmm. that's an obvious issue. <laughs> Whereas like Shaun of the Dead kind of just felt like when it all kicks off, it's like it's kind of the way we've reacted with this almost in a way. With some people, some people are just like, "Oh, oh lockdown! What are you on about? Like, yeah. Panda! Oh, for God's sake!" Some people have reacted like that, and it kind of feels like Shaun of the Dead's like that. So I think as much as it feels like an an easy watch because it's like the plot feels I don't want to say it feels basic because it isn't but it feels like it's self-explanatory zombies take over he tries to protect people it's the standard zombie movie um it's not like they get the emotional aspect of it really good because <laughs> I've never really watched a I've never really watched a zombie movie and gone ah oh, yeah that's I think that's how I think mm-hmm. I would react because I absolutely would I'd absolutely be like why don't we just go to the pub and see how this pans out? Yeah. But the, the best thing about it as well, and I'm, I'm going on a right rant here, but <laughs> going back to what I was saying before about um, us having zombie meetings and stuff like that, I know people be listening, they're going to be laughing at this, but like, if, if you think on a serious note, if, if what they say happens to, to zombies goes on in the brain of an actual human, like if like, because they, they say like they only want to eat, so therefore, they shouldn't be able to run because then their muscles should still be rotten away and all that kind of stuff. And you think, where would you hide and all that kind of stuff? Like, I could be wrong with this, but I'm pretty certain that um, Simon Pegg said he took a lot of stuff from from the Zombie Survival Guide or, or the guy who wrote it, which was Max Brooks. Because um, Max Brooks tried to look at it from a logical point of view, like if this mm-hmm. actually happened. And the best place to hide in a zombie apocalypse, if it does happen, is the pub. <laughs> because you've got an upstairs, they can't walk upstairs. Like, because as much as you see some zombies like running and legging it and tearing through things, the myth of the zombie cannot climb upstairs. It doesn't have the muscle capacity yeah. or the brain capacity. Yeah. You can hide downstairs, which is obviously the hide in the hide in the basement in um, Night of the Living Dead as well. So yeah. that's obviously been that's obviously been worked out. And you can stay in the middle because you've got loads of different windows to have a look out for where the zombies are coming in. 
So the pub is actually the perfect place to be if a zombie apocalypse happens. So there's also that revelation that they actually thought about this stuff as well. It's not just a good movie with heart and that is funny and, and well acted and got like good one-liners. It's actually got those layers of like where you think if this actually happened, they've gone to the best place. This is how it would probably happen. This is who you'd probably let live. This is who you'd probably die. This is who you do anything to keep hold of. This mm-hmm. is who you'd probably just pass on <laughs> and just kind of get on with. So it's, it's, it's a dead clever movie that probably doesn't for, for that reason, I don't think it gets the credit. It probably deserves me. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, really good, really good uh, film. Um, you know, I think the think as well also it influenced a lot of films that that sort of came after and some really good ones. So, um, but I think something like um, the Zombie Land as well, you know, which is a big hit. Um, Brilliant movie. Yeah, haha. But um, you know, very much saying, well, actually, we can make a really good zombie film and um, you know have a, but you know, market it to a a very new their sort of audience. It very much feels like that, doesn't it? I mean, Zombieland, I love Zombieland because obviously I think Jesse Eisenberg's a great actor. I think Woody Harrelson, well, Woody Harrelson, need I say more? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Emma Stone. Um, I actually like all the characters in that and the Bill Murray scene kills me every time. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my favourite scene in a zombie movie, funnily enough. Um, but when you look at it, it does definitely have undertones of Shaun of the Dead in a very American way, of course. But yeah. like, I think Shaun of the Dead opened the opened the pathway, didn't it, for zombie movies to potentially go down that line where I suppose you get like Walking Dead, which is probably the serious version of what a zombie apocalypse would be like stretched out over however many seasons it's going mm-hmm. now. But in like short package stuff. And I mean, look at Zombieland. The one thing you can say about Zombieland is it was enough of a success to be able to release a sequel about 10 years later and still like be box office. Yeah. Um, and I think it does have to thank Shaun of the Dead for that. And I'm sure the people who directed and wrote it, who I can't think of off the top of my head, will probably look at that and say like, well, yeah, that, that definitely had an impact. And it's not often a British movie makes an impact in America these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, occasional ones do, but not enough. And, I think Sean the Dead definitely, definitely did. I bet you the Americans were watching it though, being like, why aren't they doing a more? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? Because <laughs> we all go to the pub when things go up, shit's yeah. creepy. Like, that's kind of what we do. <laughs> um, just one little uh, sort of point from it all around. What's your, what's your favorite bit? What's your sort of standout moment? Or the... It's cliche, but. Let's all go to the pint. Wait for the, let's all go to Winchester. Have a pint. Wait for this to blow over. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's, yeah. it's iconic. It's just that that particular scene. Like I know I've banged on about it a bit about going to the pub. Can you tell I'm missing it? Yes. Um, but I th- I think that was the bit that made me go ha. Like, <laughs> and it made me kind of get more like I like that guy. I like that character. Yeah. Um, and to this day, it still gets memed, gift. It's like it's gone on beyond it's traveled with the internet if that makes sense a lot of stuff got left in the early 2000s that one's like traveled with the internet and become more prominent than ever in 2021 2020 so it would be an obvious choice for me but it would be remiss of me to uh 
to say it wasn't that. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, my favourite bits actually were um, where the two um, their sort of groups meet. So you know, Simon Pegg has his his um, their sort of group. He bumps in his friend played by Jessica Hines, and she's basically got the same cast of of sort of characters. You know, yeah. it's the same folk that they've got. Um, <laughs> you know, I just love that bit. It's like, you know, if you'd cast these folk, yeah, the film would have been just just as good with this lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I think it's, I, I like that it's, um, another thing to touch on, I suppose, as well with that, it's nice that um, they both got, like, the notoriety from it as well. Like, they're, like, genuine, well, at least Simon Pegg is. Living mm-hmm. it up in Hollywood, probably, and uh, obviously being in Star Trek and stuff now, and showing that he can be more than just the guy next to Nick Frost, I think. Which is, um, I think he's great. Like, he's the kind that that film, do you know, when he, there's certain people you see, like when Paul Rudd smiles, I can't help but smile. I kind mm-hmm. of feel similar when, like, Simon Pegg's on the telly, I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. Yeah. And it's probably because of Shaun of the Dead, which is kind of, I suppose, the impact it had on a lot of people. People, yeah. It's a generational thing now, I think. Um, people like Simon Pegg, it's someone that I'm probably going to remember from my early 20s for a long time. Yeah, he's done well, yeah, he's done well, isn't he? And uh, yeah, I think you know, this is the very film that actually launched that as well, isn't it? I mean, this, yeah, yeah, um, Definitely. yeah. So, actually, moving on from Sean of the, the Dead, um, we are going European there there for the next one and we're going all the way to Norway uh, and we're talking about 2009's Dead Snow um, which is um, I in its first half I'd say it's a fairly this sort of traditional plot so we mm-hmm. have um, a group of um, their students who are going to a, a sort of cabin or, or a house up in um, the Norwegian mountains, um, where they unfortunately encounter um, a squad or the sort of battalion of Nazi zombies. Yeah, that, uh, that, 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 that sold it for me. As soon as we went the Nazi zombies, I was like, I'm in, no worries. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's fairly much the, the plot, <clears> there, <throat> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So, so what's so what's your first experience of uh, the Dead Snow then, Graham? Dead Snow, I'll openly admit right now, is my favourite zombie movie, and I don't know what that says about me. I really don't, because um, there's so many good ones. But Dead Snow was like, I don't know if just the first time I've seen it, it just caught me at the right time, um, and I'm pretty certain. I went and bought the, I used to work in HMB for a very short time, about six months um, in the Metro Center. And I used to buy myself like a DVD every time I finished work. Cause it was around that time when DVD started going to three quid. Like, and that's kind of like, that's just asking for problems. Um, <laughs> it was like my, my first full-time job. And you know, when you get your first full-time job and you like, you only get paid about 800 quid a month and you go like, Oh my God, I'm rich. <laughs> like I'm so rich. Um, and because I was, I was lazy, I tried to pretend I was a musician. I was about 22, 23. So I, I started working full time pretty late. But 
I'm pretty certain I looked at the cover and I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's a zombie movie I'll pick up. And then I remember, because I, I was all right with um, subtitles. I was like that for a while. I seen Amelie when I was 16, which is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been all right with subtitles. That never bothered me. So it wasn't like a, oh, it's Norwegian, I'll buy something else. I was like, ah, three quid, nasty zombies, I'm in. Um, before I forget it, it's got the best pun ever for the second one because obviously I think there's three now, but the second one is called Dead Snow Two. The sequel you did not see coming, which I think is superb, <laughs> um, absolutely superb use of words. I must say so myself. Mm. But I think I seen it on DVD. Um, I took it home. I was living with my living with my mom. I think it was, I think that's before I moved out. Actually, um, I'm pretty certain it was 2000. And, I think I seen it long after it came out. Because um, it was in the kind of like cheapy section, even though it just sort of came out, maybe 2009, 2010. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I watched it about two in the morning. And it was just like, it's when the fat kid, sorry if you're listening, actor, <laughs> but you are the larger member of the group. Um, it's like when he gets laid in the cabin outside from the girl that he's trying mm-hmm. to like sleep with. And then, like, she just gets ate alive. <laughs> it was like he went straight for the jugular. Like, I was like, yes, mate, go on. Like, fair play, get in. You know, like, the nice guy finishes first for once. Oh, right, she's been ate by a zombie sound. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> and then it was like, I think the scene, he's the next one to die, I think, isn't he? Um, when his brain gets ripped out and it like lands on the floor and they have to like sweep it up (laughs) with like a, with like a sweeping brush. It gets like his head gets pulled apart from the window. And I think at that point you kind of realize, all right, it's going to have an element of like stupidity here. I hilarious point. I struggled a little bit in the first half. So, Uh um, cause it, it, it does feel quite, this sort of traditional of, of a lot of horror films. So so a group of young a young folk that go away to Cabin in the Woods yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and blah blah blah. Um and I didn't find many of many of the actual their sort of characters all that sort of likable. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See, I, I, I like the fat guy immediately because he was like, <laughs> he was just, I don't know, like a total horrible bloke. That obviously was a total loser at the same time. Yeah. And I just, I kind of felt great from when he was like so desperate to get laid by that one girl <laughs> he did. 
And it's, it was kind of like, you see, I was a fat kid, so maybe it's a, maybe it's, maybe it's like uh, my, in, my, my inside securities from my childhood, I don't know. Um, but I, I kind of bought into that, I suppose. It, but I suppose I, I get where you're coming from. They were sort of, they don't do anything different at the start. Mm-hmm. But I guess in a way that also probably intrigued me to kind of go, oh, well, where's this going to go then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was probably quite lucky in the sense that I was like, it was the movie I bought, I popped it on at two in the morning and it was happening whether I liked it or not. <laughs> that probably benefited me at that point. But it ended up, everyone I've showed it to, like, loved it. Um, yeah. and I was lucky enough to see it in a cinema, a little independent cinema a couple uh-huh. of years ago. It's hilarious in a crowd. If you watch it with your friends, I imagine it's even better. Yeah. I mean, but there's a definite sort of point, and it is, it's it's just about there, the halfway mark, and it's not a long film, so it's, you know, 90 minutes or so. So so basically, bang on 45 minutes. So we've had a very, this sort of traditional horror film where folk are just starting to get sort of picked off one, one by one. But mm-hmm. they, it just goes, so so the house is getting, you know, ripped there to bits. But also outside, there's a whole load of mayhem sort of going on as well. Um, and it almost feels like it goes from, um, you know, like I say, a very, uh, this sort of traditional horror film to a big action film. Um, yeah. Which has got, you know, Nazi zombies in it. Um, and it's just so gloriously bonkers that it's, you know, brilliant. I mean, it's it's the total opposite to people like who, if you're listening to it and you're going, I love Shaun of the Dead, but they're the only kind of zombie moves I like. The truth is you're probably not going to like this one because it's so far removed from the realism of what a zombie apocalypse would be like in Shaun of the Dead that oh, yeah. it's like the polar opposite. I mean, the way some of the, the zombies and the people die, we can spoil some of these, can't we? Because yeah, we oh, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, the scene where, I mean, for the people who haven't seen it, it's, and this is my favourite scene, I'll probably kind of beat you to the, the punch here if, you're gonna, if you were going to ask, but he gets his arm bit and this guy survives everything. He's seen his girlfriend go missing. He's watched all his mates get eaten mm-hmm. in front of him mm-hmm. and not just eaten, torn apart, like they were like hung, drawn and quartered and all sorts of stuff, like proper destroyed. Then he gets a bite in the arm and he's like, oh, for God's sake. And you're like, He's, they're all medical students. That's what they are, isn't it? That's right. They're all medical yeah, students. Yeah. So he, he sews his arm off with a chainsaw, like literally sews it off because he's like, I know what the situation is here. I'll, I'll sew my arm off. And I'll, then he like sterilizes it with like a, with basically, he basically burns it, doesn't he? Try and yeah, sterilize it. Yeah. Um, so you think, fantastic. He's the, the main character's survived. He's okay. He's, he's even sewn his arm off. And then, because it's based in snow, because it's in Norway, because they like going skiing and stuff, don't they? Um, and then the Nazi zombie just popping up out of the snow from underneath it and biting his balls. It's just like, <laughs> I've never seen a scene that made me laugh so hard. But then immediately afterwards, his mate comes along, who's already been bitten and knows he's going to like die. I mean, none of them actually turn. That's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. For a zombie movie, none of them turn. They all just die. Yeah, it's almost like the Nazi zombies. You have to be a specific kind of uh-huh. person to be part. Yeah. Well, a Nazi, but predominantly to be part of their group. But none of them turn. I've just thought about that. None of them turn. Well, they all just die, don't they? There's a, there's um. So I was doing 
doing a little bit of um, their sort of research about about this one. And there's a Norwegian folk, you know, sort of tale about um, there's their spirits, which are like zombies who guard um, the graves or sites where there is um, their sort of treasure of some sort. Ah. That's a Norwegian, you know, folk sort of myth. So for Norwegian people, the kind of idea of guarding the the Nazi treasure makes sense. Because if yeah. I remember... That's or that, well, or that, or that the spirits wouldn't infect new sort of people. They're just there to guard. Uh, yeah. Because that's kind of the... Because it's kind of the purpose of the Nazi zombies is double... It's a double-edged. So it's double, it's double pronged, sorry, isn't it? It's... They're protecting this Nazi treasure that they all stole from the people when they realized they were losing the war and they were getting overran. Uh-huh. But they're also just evil people yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. Nazis of sorts and just enjoy killing people. Um, and then, but I mean, that main, what I quite like about it is as much as it's like Madcap, the zombies, especially Colonel Herzog, is mm-hmm. actually quite fearsome. Like he's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not suit what, and everything. Like. Yeah, uh-huh. But I mean, that's what I mean from from the whole the whole sort of turn is that it's you know it's one film or you think it's one film and then it actually it becomes you know something else, you know, which is you know just absolutely you know mad. Once it starts, it goes a hundred mile an hour, which is good. So if uh-huh. you if you don't mind the first forty five minutes or. And you think, ah, oh, it's a bit slow. And then you think, oh, it's just going to be the one bit where something happens and it goes slow again. It really doesn't. It goes like zero to 100 pretty fast and yeah. it doesn't really it's stop. Yeah. It's just worth it for the, when he bites his balls off. It's just worth <laughs> it. That, that payoff is so worth it. Um, it's very gory as well, isn't it? That's what, yeah. that's a thing yeah. that I quite like. If you like gore, you're going to naturally, um, <laughs> like Ashley enjoyed it because as a scientist, she was trying to work out how much of it is like scientifically accurate. Like, would you like split that much blood if you cut your, would this happen with that? Would the brain be that color? And I was just like, yeah. Ashley, there's something, something seriously wrong with you, like questioning all this stuff. <laughs> but some people <laughs> like that stuff, I guess. And there's a lot of blood and guts and uh, it, it kind of throws back a little bit, doesn't it? To like the eighties, not so much the story, but the, practical special effects which i think has a lot of yeah. place in a lot of people's hearts doesn't it because some yeah. people like me um and probably like you in and a lot of people listening when it comes to zombie movies you don't want to have you don't want to have i am legend i don't want a computer that doesn't mm. scare me or bother me too much and i am legend i quite like um but i wouldn't really class it as a zombie movie for many reasons oh no the main one being cg cgi zombies or whatever mm-hmm. they were like just doesn't work a zombie should be blood guts gore that's how it would be mm-hmm. in any situation if someone's going to be eating your skin <laughs> and eating your brain it's probably not going to be that clean it's probably yeah. going to be quite messy i think yeah yeah uh, yeah and it's certainly got that way it's funny what you should say about 80 sort of action films because um there's a couple of scenes. There's one earlier on where where the character who's who's a girlfriend hasn't hasn't turned up yet. So so the, he goes looking for her on his um, snow jet 
thing. Yeah, wherever that is. Thought, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then he and then he's on it late, later on just to like like the actions really sort of ramping up but they're both bits I was like mm, this is like like a Bond film here you know like this is James Bond right yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you know the, the, the zombies turn up <laughs> he uses that as well doesn't he run over one of the zombies isn't that yeah. uses it like as a weapon afterwards and it's even i mean you can't see because obviously you're not able to see what i'm doing at the minute but the way kind of the zombie sort of jiggles about just adds the comedy because the zombie's like blah, 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 <laughs> and it just like adds to it but yeah. it is it's it's not the most plot heavy thing in the world but i get the feeling that the people who made it didn't want it to be i yeah. get the feeling they kind of went we just want blood guts and a bit of comedy and i think they nail it for that yeah, 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 definitely. And I think, yeah, yeah, just for me, the, the final 45 there minutes, I mean, it's just like, yeah, this, yeah, this is, this is the big sort of payoff to what's going on. It was, it was just absolutely bonkers. The um, second one's even more mental, even more um, mental. Well, I look forward there to that one. Uh, and we'll maybe even speak about that one some, yeah. some there more. Um, we're actually going to go a lot further um, the, the field now for our third film and uh, now, now this is one that we both really love um, so so we're the, you know going all the way across the, the globe to South Korea um, for 2016's Train to Busan um, they're directed by Song Ho Yeon uh, and also written by him with Ju Juk Park, um, and this is a this is just a fantastic film. But um, yeah, so where did or when did you you know find find out about about the, this this film? I think Train to Busan was pretty fast. Um, I think essentially. I want to say I've seen the cinema. I did, yeah, I definitely did. Um, I definitely did see the cinema. However, I had to work a late shift. Now, I had to leave about 10 minutes before the end, so I didn't get to see it again because it, it wasn't on a big release, really. No. Um, I think it was on... I remember, like, it, this was in the time when... Because I've had a Cine World card for the best part of a decade up until recently because... Uh -huh. Well, who knows? Um, hopefully that returns and the cinema, other cinemas do as well. Um, but with Cineworld, what I used to do, me and my, me and my ex-wife, we used to go see, we'd do, if it was a Friday night, it'd be like three films a night. But if we had nothing else to do, we both had Cineworld cards and just go see it. But occasionally if I'm working a different shift and she's working, I would just go and see a, a film like uh -huh. during the day. And... Trinity Busan, I was like, oh, I want to see that. It was a film I, I actively wanted to see because I was like, well, that's straight up my alley, that. I love Korean cinema. I don't think I've seen many bad Korean movies ever, um, or Japanese or Chinese, for the record. Um, but I love, I basically love what that part of the world does with films. It just feels very different for me when I'm watching it. But that's by the by. Um, it was on at like six o'clock or something and I think I had like an eight o'clock shift I had to go in and do a little bit of overtime so I like missed the last 10 minutes mm -hmm. but I went to see it in the cinema and there was three people there <laughs> like three people there but it was weird it felt like the three people in the cinema had been on a journey together because it was such a good movie but yeah. um 
I think Train to Busan was one of those movies that I, I knew about the day it came out. And I was just like, this looks really good. And if it's if it's not, it's a zombie movie. There's never a bad zombie movie. Yeah. Not if they do the zombies in the right way, which of course I think they really do in this movie. Um, but yes, you know that the it was one of those films. You know, I love a film if I've seen it at the cinema and then the day it comes out, I know when it's come out and I've paid fifteen quid for it on the Blu-ray and twenty percent. <laughs> one of those yeah. films, yeah. definitely one of those films. And, and everyone that's seen it feels the same way. I'm sure yeah. there's people that hated it, but I feel like everyone who's seen Twenty Percent really kind of goes, "Whoa, actually, that was uh, another level. That actually, yeah. that was something really special." And it, it is definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you should say that. I would absolutely say that every everyone I've ever you know, you know, spoken with or, or you know, messaged or done some sort of, of the chat, Dave, as soon as you mentioned that film and, and they know it, everyone loves it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, it's another one, people get the character, they get the characters right again. They yeah. actually get the characters yeah. so right in this, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, so just to sort of briefly sum up, so Train to Busan follows a, a father and his young the daughter um, in the in the midst of a zombie apocalypse in um, now now I I'm assuming they're in they're in Seoul. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's not the best of dads, so this um, plays a lot into the 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 relationship that goes on um, there throughout the film. Um, and prior to the zombies, they're sort of happening. Although you see all that, and you see it done in a in a really lovely way. Really, um, you know, the build up to when 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 we really see see the zombies going on, I think it's really well well sort of done. So you get that sense of danger, but obviously the main sort of characters aren't really aware of what's what's going on. Um, yeah. yeah. So so anyway. Um, He's not the best of dads. Um, he's he's a single dad. His 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 daughter lives with him. Um, however, she wants to go and see her mum, and he that was his plan anyway. So so they're going to head off to the train there station. Um, while that's happening, half of Souls turned into um, they sort of zombies, and they're you know coming for everyone else. There, um, there they get to the station. There, the zombies are there. There's a mad dash to get onto the there, the train. Um, the train leaves with its usual bunch of sort of disparate sort, you know, their sort of characters. So there's there's a young married, their sort of couple. She's um, they're pregnant. There, there's an older yep. businessman. There, there's the group of um, their sort of students. You know, so there's a lot of different characters going on. Um, but unfortunately, they're the they're the un they're dead. Are also on they're the train. Um. <laughs> so there's a one specific, isn't there? Because if I remember rightly, it kind of you know what the movie's about. Like anyone who watches, it's not going to be like, oh, is it about a train that goes to Busan? It is, but it's yeah, got more about it than that. And you yeah. can kind of see from the the cover or anything you pick up to watch it, it's going to show you it's about zombies. Um. But if I remember rightly, I remember when I first started watching it, and I'm pretty certain this because I watched it again really, really recently, uh, like during lockdown two recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think 
there's like a few scenes where you know they're zombies, but the characters don't, and they kind of throw them. Like I think one hits a train, and Dad's like, "What the hell's that?" Yeah. And then like there's like the woman who gets on the train, and then oh, that's right, the woman's on the train and she's doing all the backflips. I I love the way. As much as I talked up Shaun of the Dead about how amazing it was that it kind of went scientifically, I'll say in inverted commas, correct with yeah. zombies and how your body should react if it's just a reanimated brain that wants to eat other brains. Um, this is not the case. They're quite aggressive, feral, almost like a, a rage virus or so. And I think that's mm-hmm. how they play yeah. it, isn't it? I think they yeah. play it like a rage thing, don't they? They go yeah. down the 28 days later route, I think. Is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's... Um... I mean, with long-lasting their effects. Uh, yes. Well, we're, we're getting way ahead there, but uh, yeah, basically, because um, you know, I think I think the opening scene is um, there's a guy driving into, you know, so or would like to, um, and he finds he finds a deer in the, the middle of the road, which looks to That's be right. dead. Um, oh no, no, no! He hits the deer. That's it. He thinks he's actually killed it. That's um, right. And he drives off, and then you know the deer, the gets, deer gets back up and looks, yeah, yeah. away but breathing. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Do you know what's what's great about it? I might be jumping so far ahead, but we're talking about um, you know, before how the, the cabin in the woods idea from Dead uh-huh. Snow is probably probably being done to death. Um, and I think a lot of zombie cliches have been done. You've had the supermarket mall, obviously Dawn of the Dead. Um. You've had different elements have been trapped in the house. Um, Shaun of the Dead was was quite good in the sense that it chose the pub to be trapped in. That was funny. That was working <laughs> yeah. and really stood out. What's brilliant about this is I think they base a lot of the entire idea around a train. That would actually happen as well. Like, and it instills a little bit of fear. It's quite clever because the whole movie is basically on the train once he gets yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, right up until the end. But it's very, very clever in the sense that that would happen. You would get on a train, but you'd not really think about public transport and a zombie apocalypse and what would you do if one got on? Because mm-hmm. you'd probably think it's quite a safe place to be, a high-speed train, because you just keep going until the field runs out and get to the next safe place, which is essentially what they're trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which we all know there's never a safe place in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, but I, I like the idea that the claustrophobia of the train and the fact that each carriage had like some dead in, some undead in, some of that were fine hiding in the toilets. And, and there's obviously the, again, brilliant emotional side with the, the homeless guy in the toilet. I like mm-hmm. the social commentary on that as well. There's yeah. a lot of social commentary in it actually, which is probably what helps with it as well. Mm-hmm. Not out of the box social commentary, but the businessman is obviously the baddie. Yeah. The, the stupid kind of lovable yet strong Jim going husband that's trying to protect his wife is like yeah. the best one. There's the redeemed dad who spent so much time at work, he's forgot about his daughter. Like there's a lot of good social elements going on with it, which I think, I think kind of makes it. I think that's why a lot of people like it. It's very well acted. I think, you know, they're all very, very believable characters and none of them delve into the kind of, like you, it's actually quite hard, I think, to get a zombie movie emotionally perfectly correct and I think Trinity Busan does it very well because you actually sometimes forget you're watching something that could well that could never happen a zombie apocalypse is not going to happen like no. as much as I would probably not mind it because uh, <laughs> I feel I feel prepared I feel equipped um 
it's not going to happen. And yet when you're watching the movie, you're watching it as if it's like a, a standard drama, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think it can, they sort of appeal to, to the lots of people. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a bit like what Shaun of the Dead does is it, it can appeal to, to an audience that wouldn't go, oh yeah, I really like the zombie films. But actually if you produce a, you know, a, a funny zombie film or, or then the sort of Busan's case, just a very sort of clever, well-made, well-acted, um, quality film, um, yeah. you know. And you could have probably changed it about a little bit and made some sort of, you know, spy-type sort of thriller, you know, set on a train or... But the, the zombie element actually works really, really well in, in that setting. Um, makes it really claustrophobic and I really like the um I, I like how almost they split the, the the split the carriages in half don't they at one point where you've got the good people that will they've got yeah. the dad that's realized that he doesn't want to be the the bad businessman that money rules over everything and his survivals over everything he wants to be part of the the common people so to speak the people that are like mm-hmm. care about each other and, and not ex, extra um, extra things and then you've got the businessman who's like actually just wants to escape himself but he gets like somehow a, a load of people worried enough to think the people in the other carriage are definitely 100 infected and obviously the businessman is just looking after his own interests he just doesn't want anything to come near him and he thinks yeah. well i'm safe um and it does maybe it's an obvious one but it does kind of buy into the whole people who don't i mean the businessman doesn't value human life in it and that that ends up valuing the time and the human life that's with him and then I, I quite like that element of it i thought yeah. it was very clever um because yeah. i really hated that businessman like i really hated him mm-hmm. and it's you kind of forget that sometimes it's a character that poor guy's going to get if we ever get out of lockdown that guy's good and i ever go to korea that guy's going to get a, an earful <laughs> of me if i've ever seen him um i'm sure he'll be that's, safe though yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's a mark of a good film that you know after you've watched it you can you can sort of picture yourself in that you know universe or what would you do or or that that the characters really sort of touched you in 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 there some some way and you know busan absolutely does that it stays with you um you know and for me i've watched it you know a good few times because it is really really good but um yeah. you know and that is absolutely Absolutely, one of the reasons why. Um, one of just as a little, a little funny bit, and because um, you know, if you're talking to other people about, oh well, I really like zombie films, and that, or you should watch this brilliant South, this sort of Korean zombie film, um, and then you try to explain what it's about, and um, I always have in my head that. Um, you know, folk are going to look at it and think, well, well, we've had their snakes on a plane, so now we've got <laughs> zombies on a train. <laughs> As if it would be awful. <laughs> Which probably looks at the whole, how well it's done, I suppose, as well. The idea is good, but the execution is probably even even better, I suppose, yeah. having an idea. We've all, we've all got ideas, haven't we? Some of them don't always work out as well as we want them to. Um Having the idea is probably half the battle. I love the love the claustrophobia and all that kind of stuff, but it, it probably would have been quite easy to make it stupid. Yeah. And have made it 
so well. And I think, yeah, I think that's probably down to the actors as well. Like the bad guy plays the bad guy so well. Like uh-huh. you know them. The the husband of the wife, he's just the best character in the whole thing. He's like proper tough guy, but he's got like pure heart. Yeah. Yeah, and he's also got like a missus that's pregnant, and he's having his first <laughs> kid, and there's a bloody zombie apocalypse going on, and he's kind of like nothing's kind of shirking him at all, and he's such an honourable, funny, nice bloke that seems quite real. Yeah. You've got to got to give the actor that that he's 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 absolutely great in it. I think I could be wrong, but I'm sure the dad is played by Gong Gong Yu. I think. Yeah, um, oh, Gong Yu. He was actually. He's from, I think he's from Busan, I believe. Um, but I found out what they called the other guy and the name's completely gone from me. But even, even the young kid is quite good in it. Yeah. Even the young kid, like the, the little girl's very, very good in it. Like she plays a fantastic role. Um, and the young sort of jocks that are in it play a good role. Um, I'm just having a look here. I'm just Googling to see if I can find that. Like, oh, that's the guy's name. So the, the character that plays the, the husband is um, Ma Dong Siuk. I could be pronouncing that incorrectly, but he's, he's a Korean-American actor. And that was his breakout performance, apparently, according to Wikipedia. So mm-hmm. his, his first movie, believe it or not. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, good for and him. He's superb in it. He's the best character in it, in my opinion. <laughs> It's interesting. I was having a look through, through the cast there myself, and like you touched on, so the Gong Gong Yu uh, was the the father. Um, yeah. Um, Jong Yu Mi, who's the the pregnant um, their lady, mm-hmm. um, and they both starred in a film which I haven't actually written down the the title of, but they starred in in a film um, made in about two thousand and nine. Where um, they both played young sort of characters in in an institute for deaf their children. Oh, this was a big, a, a big, a big sort of hit in their south south uh, their 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 sort of career. I've watched a handful of other films from there, you know, but I'm by no means a, a sort of expert, but. Um, the, some of the films I have watched, which have been actiony type spy sort of films, things like that, but but the production value is always really good. They're good fun films and uh, you know quality they're sort of watching. Um, and the Busan actually really lives up to that. I think that um, there for me this is probably the best sort of looking the zombie film in oh, a yeah. way. It's just got it's it's just so well made, um, you know the camera angles and the way that um, you know scene scenes are framed and you know what's going on. It's just you know so well well sort of done. Yeah, just absolutely love it. I mean, that's another thing as well. Um, like you even looking at how well the, the cinematography of it all. Um, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff like at the end when like the trains are coming off and things are exploding, like kind of forget about them things um completely. Um yeah. you yeah. forget about stuff like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, like I think the best thing I could say for um Chain of Busan is it's one of those movies that you just have to watch. Like 
there'll be certain movies I'll say, no, you might enjoy it. Even my favorite movie, which like I touched on before, Amelie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said like, you know, it, it's a good movie. I'd be very surprised if you don't like it because it really touched me and it's my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the kind of film that like Busan is, I would say, well, I don't really care <laughs> what you've watched before. You should watch that because it's class. Um, I feel like it's got something for everyone. It just, um, I suppose, the only real worry you could potentially have um, is th- the fact that some people don't like subtitles. But I would say get over it because it's yeah. like it's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, if I was to recommend one movie out of the three we've spoken about, even though Dead Snow is my favorite zombie movie, I think Training uh-huh. Busan would be my recommendation. Hmm. It's certainly. Yeah, I know that we can talk about this a lot lot more um although oh, I... but but we're not going to <laughs> yeah the no. interesting thing about um this sort of busan um is that it's got two other films that um they sort of bookend it as well which is absolutely fascinating so um there was a sequel they released just this year which is called peninsula um i have seen that one um, I'm not going to comment on it, but I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but but kind of prior, and not prior to Busan, um, is a film that, uh, again, all um, they're directed by um, um, Song Ho Young. Um, but prior to Busan, he was known uh, for dead animated films. So all he actually made mm-hmm. was animated films. Um, the the Busan was his first ever live action film. Shortly after Busan came out, um, an animated film made made by him called Soul, um, their station was um, they released, which actually is a prequel there to Busan. So it follows um, some of their characters and leads up to the events that lead up to what's happening at the train. Um, this their station, um, but he'd actually made this one first, so he'd done the, the animation, then he made Busan, but they released the, the animation afterwards. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I found it quite interesting that they did it that way because I was kind of expecting something different, but then the history of it kind of makes sense, I suppose, in a way, but mm-hmm. I'd recommend them doing more non-animated ones as well, because let's be honest, as people might notice from our conversation, he, he, did, he did pretty well. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> keep it up, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think I think for me, yeah, yeah sort of Busan is is the, the best out of the, the three. Yeah, there's so yeah. many other films that we could have spoken about, but so many. We kind of have in ways as well. <laughs> but I'm absolutely sure that we will be coming back to those in the future. Um yep. so thanks, this or Graham, for coming on. Um and I think I wouldn't be surprised if um some people who are listening there to this um already know you, Graham, or the sound of your voice. So um would you like to tell us why that would be? Yeah, of course. Obviously, I do what the Fork podcast, um, which is football based. But hopefully, when people have listened to this, um, I really hope that people actually want me to speak about films more because that would be quite nice. Because um, that that is probably my my main passion. 
controversial there. <laughs> um, I think films has been my main passion um, probably throughout my life for the reasons I, I stipulated before, but I think people will more know me from chatting, chatting rubbish about Sunderland or, or <laughs> Rangers, so whoever will let me chat rubbish about. But it's been really nice to, um, to chat about, like in, in my main passion, I suppose. Um, and I think you can probably hear in my voice how much I, I love movies. And I could go, if we ever did a band movie episode, like you'd hear my passion go up another 10 levels because I love band <laughs> movies. Um, but I also love teen movies. I love Mean Girls all the way to Necromantic and everything in between. So it's been really lovely to, uh, to chat non-football for once and chat about my, my number one passion, I think. Well, no, no, you're very welcome, you know. And yeah, I think I think you've maybe touched on uh, there are a few things there that we absolutely should be, you know, talking more about in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. A full hour-long episode of Necromantic. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you and thanks for for their listening. <laughs> <laughs>